0: Episode number six of the Reinventure Me podcast. You know, every transition involves a new beginning, but is it possible to become a better beginner? Well, we're going to explore that on today's episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. This is the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Well, hello and thank you for joining us on the sixth episode of Reinventure Me. I'm Larry Gates with our co-host, Armin Asadi. Say hey, Armin.
1: Well, what's up, everybody? How are you guys doing?
0: Well, they, you know, they can't answer you.
1: They could if they would just go to our website. <laughs> oh,
0: and give us a message. Very see, clever. See what I did there, Larry? Very clever. Yeah, you worked that one in very nicely. I was wondering how you were going to get out of that, <laughs> that, that box. One day there will be a podcast uh, where, where you can actually answer. Oh, I guess that's, that's just calling radio. Radio, yeah. <laughs> 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 we go back in time. Now, this is all just one way from us to you. We hope you enjoy it. For the next 30 minutes, we're going to be talking about whether you can have a new beginning and actually that we we're not really gonna talk about whether you could have a new beginning. We're gonna talk about how you might become a better beginner. You know? Is it really possible to even even get better at beginning things? Well, what was the last thing, Armin, that you tried that you had no prior experience in?
1: Alright, I would have to say this last summer I uh I, I went skydiving. And it was right after I did a tandem jump where you know you know when you're tied to someone.
0: <laughs> I have no idea because there's no way I would do that. Are you, are you afraid of heights? Oh, big time. Okay, so so am I. That I was go my... I go up three steps on a ladder and I'm already <laughs> shaky. <laughs>
1: well, that was my issue. I was afraid of heights, so. I had to figure out a way to kind of conquer my fear of heights. Uh So I went skydiving with my uh, very best friend.
0: That's like taking it to the extreme. Yeah, well,
1: you have to do something with your fears. (laughs) So I went tandem with him and I didn't feel like I I was very much in control of it. Um, He was basically in control of it. So I didn't feel like I was really conquering much of my fear. So then I decided to go and do a solo jump. So I had to learn how to do skydiving and I, I... and I probably learned about 30% of what I needed to learn before. You like
0: pull the parachute cord? Yeah, you know? so
1: I, I learned the 30% that was important. And then I jumped, and I was in midair, and I realized if anything goes wrong, I'm screwed because I don't remember the other 70%. Oh, so man. Everything worked out well, but that was uh, a...
0: Well, was I, I assume since you're here, everything, <laughs> everything worked out just fine. Right. I had a... I had not, uh, well, I, I didn't go out and intentionally do this, but my kids roped me in to do parasailing when we were in Lake Tahoe one time. Oh, and wow. And they, they said, Dad, you only have to go up once because the three of us can all go up together. They have these lifts that, I mean, these chairs that will seat three. Right. It wasn't until I got out on the boat that the captain of the boat says, no, that you would exceed the weight limit. So <laughs> only two of you can go up at a time. So, of course, Dad had to go up twice. <laughs> oh, it was the worst the worst experience of, course, of my life. of so course. I'd be happy to be done with that one. Well, um, this episode is really devoted to trying out new things. It might not be skydiving or parasailing, uh, but maybe it is. And uh, we're, we're going to uh, try to learn from what it means to become a better beginner. Now, you probably know some good beginners, don't you? Do you know some people, Armin, that, uh, that are good beginners?
1: Uh, yeah, I would actually say some of the best beginners I know are my business partners. Mm. Um, our CEO, Ken. He's just a freak of nature. He's so studious. The way he researches and the amount of knowledge he can consume and actually retain it and be able to recall the memory of it, I mean, it's incredible. That man knows how to start anything and start fast. Um, And then I got Sam, that guy he he's like a chameleon he can just blend into any environment he wants and he can just walk in and whatever he knows yeah he just adapts to anything mm-hmm. and he can just start anything new he wants most of my business partners are incredible beginners what about you
0: well i i i think about people that are good at beginning uh as being very inquisitive and huh. also unafraid to try new things and experiment a little bit and right. i think of my friend gordon and he has an amazing capacity for yeah. ideas and and many of them he tries and, and he runs across all kinds of uh, software tools and bits and pieces. I mean, he is just your, the guy that's out there kind of forging the forest of information. <laughs> and uh, so I think about him because he's done a lot of different things and he doesn't seem to be afraid to try things, which I, I really admire.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think being fearless is is a good component of being good at starting new things. So it yeah. makes sense.
0: You know, and in our Inspire Me segment, That's a perfect lead in to Eugene <laughs> F. Ware, a, a politician and writer in the uh, 1800s, who wrote, "All glory comes from daring to begin." Ooh, And you know you gotta start. It's easy enough in our own minds to think about stuff that we would love to begin and maybe just we keep it there in a in a fantasy right. um, or we move along long enough in life, and there's enough of just normal stuff to keep up with, and we yeah. feel like we're not even able to do that very well. Why should I spend time starting something new?
1: Right. I feel like for every great idea we have of something new we want to start, we have about a thousand reasons not to start any of them. Yeah. And typically out of fear.
0: Well, in in fear and also this idea that we have an obligation to finish the things that we started before. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a long list of things around this house where things aren't finished. You know, <laughs> my wife keeps reminding me. You know, is that still on the list? Yeah, it's still on the list. You not know? <laughs> get done. Just I'm going to start trying. something else though before we get to finishing <laughs> that thing. So you kind of get this starter guilt. You know, you don't want to start something because you still have this guilt of all the unfinished things. Right. And yet, what ends up happening is that you get trapped for both because you're doing your daily life. You don't finish the stuff that you know might be straggling out there, but you don't start anything new, and so you never really get fresh.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, you never keep your uh, vitality about you. And I believe that as human beings, we need to keep fresh. We need to keep pushing ourselves, you know?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if you don't, what are you, you're just going to get stagnant and complacent pretty quickly.
0: Well, they've actually shown, psychologists have actually shown that the mind moves into this good enough phase, you know, where hmm. you, you start something and you, you're very inquisitive. Take learning to drive, for instance, you know uh what separates a professional driver from us <laughs> you know we've we've accepted being able to get in a car and go to wherever we want as good enough right but a professional driver doesn't accept that because they they know something about becoming one with the machine and getting the very most out of it and that yeah. means pushing it to the limit and doing all kinds of things with it and they really get into it in a way that most of us say hey, it's good enough right you know, and I don't need to become an expert in that. You sound like a NASCAR fan. Are you a NASCAR? fan? I am not actually. Okay. I, I'm I'm an ignoramus when it comes to any of that stuff, and yeah,
1: I, I haven't gotten into it yet. When I go down south, though, I pretend to be. I'm like, oh, definitely, because it's religious <laughs> to be a NASCAR fan if you're not. Yeah,
0: you're not so American. That's that chameleon nature you're yeah. <laughs> picking up there—the adaptability, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, uh, it was not long ago that Malcolm Gladwell uh, made popular this idea of ten thousand hours of doing something before you have a mastery of it and uh And that's based on some research that was done by a Florida State University psychologist Anders Erickson, and he studied the top performing violinists or uh, I think that's how you say the word right. yeah <laughs> and and he found that the that those are really at the top have have put in ten thousand hours at least of practice to to achieve their level of mastery, but you know that's become such a popularized rule what doesn't get told is the other side of it, which is that 10,000 hours only works if, you're, if it's 10,000 hours of concentrated practice that's very intentional at pushing yourself to do something and try something that you really haven't been proficient or good in. It's not just 10,000 hours of repetition. Doing it over and over. You uh, I mean, You could take me out to a golf course, and I could play 10,000 hours of golf, but I would not be any better. <laughs> you know,
1: That's actually a fact in my life.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, what you get is 10,000 hours of, of ingraining bad habits right. is what you get. And instead, you need to apply yourself and think always, even in your areas of expertise, you always need to think about how would I approach this if I were a beginner? Always thinking about how do I think fresh about this? How do I push myself to learn something that I haven't haven't learned before? And so I think even, it, when, especially when we're looking at transitions in our life, uh, those are times when, you know, hey, I'm going to go, you know, try something new. You did that. I mean, it, how did you go from uh, moving from a, the world of crime back into, back in, I say back in, but that's not right. <laughs> moved it from the world of crime into ministry, right? Right. And just to clarify, I am not back in for anyone who's listening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. far out. Yeah. So, so you moved from crime into into the role of ministry, though that that you were a noob. Oh
1: gosh, yeah. I knew right. Nothing. So
0: you had to drink in all this stuff, and you're learning at at a high pace. Oh right? yeah.
1: I mean, eighty hours a week of just nonstop study. Yeah. Practice.
0: Yeah. And surrounding yourself with people. Oh yeah. Every single one of my mentors was a pastor at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So you were soaking in a new culture. You're soaking in new people. You're soaking in new systems and habits of thought, and you were taking them in and dr- like drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. You know? to say the least. Yeah. yeah. And then after a period of time, what was a challenge for you to accept uh, or not so much accept, it was a challenge for you to comprehend because there's just so much information overload right. became commonplace. Your, your brain became rewired. You started to think along those lines and it became easier to adopt new, new thoughts and new habits and, and things. And you were developing a mastery, right. you, know? you were you putting in your 10,000 hours, 80, 80 hours a week at a time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and and then along the line, things became less intense. Yeah, as a beginner.
1: Yeah, that's a you, great. Ex- yeah, that's a great explanation of actually what happened.
0: Yeah, you move out. You move out of being a beginner into you know having some level of confidence and competence. Right. Right. Now, uh, Anna and I. Uh, <laughs> I hate to admit this, guys. Uh, if any of you are ever wondering what you should get your wife for her birthday, don't do what I did, which is I asked oh, her no. what she wanted.
1: <laughs> never done that before <laughs> well do you know what she did she said uh, she
0: said uh, uh, well I'd just like to have dance lessons with you and, and I'm like I, I kind of already felt like I was getting a little trapped and so I said well yeah that's great what else would you like and this is where she sealed it nothing Ooh. so now you know I'm, I'm kind of cornered I have to do the dance lesson thing with Anna you know yep and, I, you know, I'm really, you know, I've got four left feet <laughs> <laughs> and they all get in the way. And we took these private lessons and we took these group classes for, you know, a year. Actually, we've been doing this now for about seven or eight years. But when we first wow. started, it literally was, everything was overwhelming. Everything was frustrating. I, I felt like I was a failure. I couldn't get it. I was like a dumb you know, um, and as a you know, when you're leading dance, you got to not only pay attention to what you're doing, but also what uh, is going on in the floor, and then you know what your how how you lead your your uh, dance partner. I right. mean, I I felt like I had just gone back in time to when I could not walk, except <laughs> the advantage of not. Walking when I was a kid was I didn't know that that was you know a problem. (laughs) Right. You know when you try try dancing, you you know nothing will make you feel less competent than that. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I can I can definitely uh, empathize. My 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 wife had me try yoga. Oh, there you go. And I don't bend.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't either, you know, so we probably have that in common. My kids laugh at me for that. But, you know, one of the things and the challenge really of this whole episode is to think about the areas in your life where you might try something new or even in the things that you're proficient in where you might push it in a way that causes you to think about it newly that's a good way to say it, in a fresh way, in a way that challenges you, in a way that pushes you and stretches you a little bit. Because we all, the brain likes to move into uh, habit, the brain likes to move into the state of normalcy, and that's how we manage our stress, is by not having everything be new. Hmm. But sometimes what ends up happening without our realizing it is that we get into routine, Mm -hmm. and then we don't push ourselves. And we get bored. And we get bored. Yeah. So Ar- Armin and I came up with five things that we wanted to share with you all ab- uh, about ways that you might just think about uh, starting something new and becoming a better beginner. So the first one is is to read and read widely. Um, you know, obviously uh, we consume a lot of information. Um, I, in, in your generation probably does a lot less reading than my generation. Right. You know what I mean, yeah. Well.
1: We think we read as much as you guys do, but it's a very
0: false assumption that uh-huh. we have. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I do know that, you know, there's probably more attention to video now than there has been in the past. Oh, um, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and books get, uh, get consumed in bite-sized uh, morsels, either as a uh, blog posts or Twitter feeds or, you know, exactly. excerpts from, uh, you know, that appear on Facebook posts. But oftentimes we don't take time to really let ideas sink in. And, one of the uh, real advantages of, of learning something new is not only to read in an area that might be of interest to you, but read from a bunch of different areas because then they start to inform each other and you get some great ideas that, uh, that materialize from that. Um, and so, and, and then be intentional about that. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the books actually that I read a number of years ago, and it's a classic, it was written by Mortimer Adler. And he wrote a book called How to Read a Book. And it's several hundred pages long. This is not a little. This is this is a very serious book. Oh no, titled quite aptly, "How to Read a Book."
1: That sounds painful.
0: Well, and there are different ways in which you can read different kinds of literature. Hmm. And at the end, he has just a tremendous appendix of must-read pieces of work. Hmm. And I, I highly recommend it as a as a resource, not only to read that book, but also just to start. Uh, exposing yourself to other kinds of writings that uh, might not be in uh, in in what you normally do.
1: Well, just to clarify, you're saying read and read widely, not just read and read a lot. So, by widely, you're saying a wide array, a wide of, array different subjects, of different subjects, different subject types. Okay. Exactly
0: right. Yes, okay. yeah. Because
1: at my generation, we 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 get that feedback quite a bit of we should be reading a lot, but I typically catch people in my generation. We get we pick our three favorite topics and everything we read is just on those three topics and we don't veer out of those. Well, I don't
0: think that's just your generation thing. I think as you get older, you get comfortable with uh, with a certain uh, set of topics. And I say, as I say, if you're not careful, what little time you have for reading might just get narrowed right down to the genre that you've fallen most in love with over the course of your life. Whether the genre is watching cat videos on YouTube... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. or or uh sci-fi mystery novels or something you know right. so it could be any any of those things but conditioning yourself training yourself to say i'm going to read from a variety of topics now it doesn't necessarily mean you have to open up a book on chemistry and read that because you know it's different knowing that you won't like it i mean i'm guessing that for each of us there's quite a wide variety of things that we might enjoy reading about yes you know a stroll through barnes and noble can usually pique my curiosity in a lot of different areas it's amazing what people write books about
1: yeah absolutely (laughs) there's
0: actually a quote
1: that it was very convicting for me i have no idea who said it but it was a quote that says those who do not read are no better than those who cannot read Mm. and uh I remember reading that and thinking, I better read something today, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because if I have the ability to read, why am I not reading? You know, if you think back to the olden days, the people who could read were set apart by class, by income, yep. by everything. Yep. Those who could, it, it was something that was set aside for the privileged, the affluent.
0: Well, I don't think you find that any less true for successful people today. Exactly. They're all widely read, right. and, uh, and I think that that's a large truism. Uh, The second thing that you can do to become a better beginner is to meet new people. Now, this seems rather obvious, but new people bring their own view of the world. They bring their own level of expertise. And usually, when you demonstrate yourself to be a learner and a beginner and somebody who's inquisitive and somebody who's friendly and approachable and not uh, somebody who's a leech, (laughs) if you can do all that, they're usually very, very anxious to share their insights and knowledge and passion about a topic with you. So, you know, so maybe you want to pick up photography or something. Um, you know, go out and find out who's on Twitter in your, in your area, or it doesn't even need to be in your area. You know, find a class or find a workshop or a conference or something about photography or yeah. whatever your area of interest might be, and uh, go meet the people. You know, and there might be some other beginners there too that are uh, just with you, and you get some encouragement about that.
1: Yeah, and 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 I think if you're someone who's in a church, there's a lot of churches right now that do small groups, and small groups are the easiest way to access those. Right, it doesn't have to be this awkward, difficult way of entering into a group of people you haven't met. It could it could actually be people within your church in a, in a, in an environment that you would actually be comfortable in and still have the opportunity
0: to meet new people. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of churches are are creating affinity groups, you know, so they're creating groups around certain activities that might have an interest for somebody. So you might have an interest in fishing, maybe you're you're not a great fisherman, but you think hey, it'd be kind of cool to do that, and there might be a fishing group. You know, right. just don't join the basketball group because those guys are so competitive. You go out there and you're thinking you're just going to play a fun game of basketball, and then just elbow you and, and you know come home
1: with a broken nose. Oh yeah, it's, it's brutal. I've done
0: that, and that was I did that once, and that was good enough for me. Back to fishing. <laughs> Back to fishing. Something a little bit more. My speed. <laughs> well, what's number three, Arvind? Uh Okay,
1: number three is start something new. I mean, what better way is it to become more proficient beginner than starting something new? It doesn't have to be anything crazy. It doesn't have to be starting a new business or starting a new ministry. I mean, it could be the simplest thing. I mean, you, you could want to use some simple software that's out there and learn a new language.
0: Or uh, I know you've talked about <laughs> wanting to do improv. Yeah, my son did improv. <laughs> he was terrific. It was so much fun. I just wanted to jump up there on the stage. And then I realized, you know, uh, A, I wouldn't be invited. Or maybe I would, you know, so the comedy it club, is you know, so yeah. yeah. So they do, maybe they take a the parent just jumping up and go,
1: hey, can I jump in? You
0: know? uh, but I also realized I'd probably get up there and i go, Okay, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay to see you do improv. Yeah, I, th- I still think that'd be something I'd love to do. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think you should do it. would be good blackmail for me to have on you. <laughs> Not that I'd use it on you. Right. But yeah, I, I, I really think uh, starting something new is is something fun. It's, it does expand your horizon, it does bring up your confidence and no, letting you know that, hey, you can actually start new things and it doesn't have to be life altering and it doesn't have to be something that can put you in a position where you feel like oh am i gonna fail at this or not it can just be fun it could be a hobby it could mm-hmm. be any, like starting fishing right never done it it's relaxing try it um, and then the fourth thing i would say is teach something there's it's been said for a long time and they have proven this but um, the the saying goes the best way to learn is to actually teach so I, I remember this there there was a chart they showed in high school i don't i don't know if they did this back when you were in high school but There's this charts they showed. um, We didn't have
0: charts in high school. We (laughs) predated high school. That's Uh, true.
1: (laughs) Well, they showed us uh, the different learning curves. So they they showed us first thing on the list was um, how much knowledge do you retain and recall if you have a lecture based lesson. So if somebody stands in front of Mm -hmm. you, they talk for an hour. Um, After that, they're done three weeks later, three months later, how much of that memory uh, will you recall? Mm -hmm. And they showed it on the chart. It was 10%. And then they went through the rest of the list, 20%, 30%, what? And at the end of the list, they said... And, and nobody guessed it. I mean, everybody in the classroom was raising their hand and they said the best way to learn is to actually teach. And then they showed the graph on that and they said you actually retain and recall 90% of what you learn if you learn you it teach. in a way that you were going to go take it and teach it to someone mm-hmm.
0: else. I found that to be true for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you know the definition of a lecture? No. Oh, I picked this up a number of years ago. You might, might want to write this oh, down. I'm interested. Yeah. Okay. So a lecture is when the notes of the teacher become the notes of the student without passing through the brain of either. Wait, wait, wait! Say that again. <laughs> is this when, true? When the notes of the teacher become the notes of the student without passing through the brain of either. What, that is that? Think about it.
1: Okay,
0: <laughs> that's how oh, this just reinforces your point. <laughs> well, point number five. So we've got uh, read and read widely, meet new people, we have start something, teach something, and now number five, join a group. Uh, find some people that you can meet. Now, this is a little bit like uh, the, like some meet people, but you might not find somebody out there. But you can invite somebody to be part of your group. And uh, and I'm I'm right now part of a mastermind group for podcasters. Now, this new thing I started and you started this right. this this year. <laughs> we haven't mastered is, this one yet. Is podcasting? Yeah. So right. I need a lot of help with this, <laughs> right? So uh, the people that I am meeting with on the phone are from you know around the world. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, and we're just getting together. We're going to talk about what our experiences are with podcasting, but it's a way to just form a group, share some ideas, get some experience, ask some questions, be dumb together. <laughs> you know, I have a sign on my uh, wall in my office that's, it's from despair.com. It's one of those pictures of everybody has their hands on top of each other. Like they're all uh, in a team. Right. And it says teamwork. None of us is, as dumb as all of us. Yeah. You
1: know? <laughs> I didn't know you were even in a mastermind group for podcasts.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in, in any case, get together with other people. You know, in some ways you, you do get dumber, but you get a lot smarter too, <laughs> and it's a it's a great way to do that. That makes sense. Well, <laughs> in our Challenge Me segment, we want to suggest that you identify some things or a thing that you're going to begin in the next four weeks. And Armin and I are taking this seriously ourselves. We uh, we're gonna we're gonna do some things in the next four weeks. We're gonna we're gonna begin something in the next four weeks that we haven't done before. Both of us are gonna start something new that is gonna stretch us a little bit. We have to go in as beginners. Yes. And Armin, what's what's your uh, new beginning?
1: Okay, so it's not exactly completely new, I should say, but I've never actually taken a class, and this this is embarrassing to say as a businessman. I've never actually taken a class on Excel spreadsheets. All and, right. Uh, Sounds super lame. Feel free to mock me. I get it. I'm yawning already. (laughs) But I don't I I, I can use Excel spreadsheets, but I'm really not that good at it. I I have friends that have like mastered Excel spreadsheets that make it do magical things I didn't even know it could do. Oh yeah. So I, I knew you were gonna ask this question. So I of all things I could have come up with. And I'm typically a little bit more adventurous than this, but I'm going to be taking Excel spreadsheets
0: classes. Well, I'll tell you what I really like about your uh, taking that on for yourself is that you will be able to come back and apply the teach me principle and you'll show me <laughs> what you learned and I won't have to sit in the class to learn it. I see what and you I'll <laughs> <laughs> i get the benefit of that. So well played, sir. I love it. Well I love played. it. Well, what about you? What are you going to be doing? Well, you know, I'm going to do something that uh, I've seen lying around on the floor here uh, in our house uh, because Anna uses this. And uh, it's one of those things you look at it and you go, "Oh, I really ought to do that." But then you just kind of turn your eyes away and you don't do anything with it. Oh, no. We have kettlebells here and I oh. and I need to I need to get some kettlebell training. So I am going to learn about kettlebell training. That's and, exciting. Yeah, this is this is a little outside of my comfort zone. I'm afraid I pick <laughs> up one of those things. I'm going to maybe strain myself. But well, I do. You know, it's good. a little kettlebell. It can't hurt me, can it?
1: No. Well, it can't hurt you. I don't. <laughs> well, have you seen that. how they swing it? No, yeah, I do. Well, well, I, I've watched the videos. <laughs> I've watched the videos, and
0: I'm like, I think I'm going to let go of it and break a window. You know. <laughs> well, yep. That's
1: that was one of my fears. Well, I, I will say this: some some of the. Uh, most fit, healthiest looking friends that I have, uh, their main exercise is kettlebells. So you may come out looking like a Greek god, I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> All right, well, Greek god would be <laughs> would be great, but uh, we got a long way to go from from this to a Greek god. But, <laughs> Makes uh, sense. So we want to start off by, uh, well, I'll start off, but we want to also resource you with the Resource Me segment. <laughs> And that's where we want to give you some opportunity to get some change in your own life, and that is by asking some questions that you can ask before you begin something. So things to consider before you 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 begin it, whether it's to learn about Excel or to start kettlebell training or whether you're going to decide that you're going to overcome your fear of heights by stupidly jumping out of a perfectly safe aircraft.
1: Right, and if I could intersect, just, just uh, a reason why we're using this as a resource, it's is we want everyone to understand that it's not just about being good at being a good beginner, but it's also good to know whether you should begin something or not. And this is this is a lot of amazing insight from Larry of questions that you can ask yourself before you do begin something to know that this is something you should start or should not start, or at least wait to start.
0: Right, so I'm guessing that you would answer this differently about jumping out of an airplane after you read <laughs> through these questions. But, well, first question is, and these will all be in the show notes, but just quickly, the first question is, does, does it help you get closer to being the person you want to be? I think we should always keep in mind as we try new things out, how, how does that fit with the kind of person that I want to be? Can I, can I be a better me because of that experience? Right. Second, what do you hope to gain from it? What do you hope to gain from the Excel spreadsheet thing? You hope to gain better proficiency, right? So right. you can do your job better. You can understand what people are doing and be more efficient. Those mm-hmm. are all things that are going to get you closer to where you want to be. And, right. and and yet you don't need to be the, an Excel master guru, right? I mean, you just want to take your game up another level right. in that area. Yep. So part of that is... How do you determine what do you hope to gain from it? Doesn't necessarily mean you're going to gain ten thousand hours of mastery in Excel, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, so, what I re- what I really like about that question is sometimes I forget that some of the stuff I started is just to have fun. Yeah. And that's all I wanted to gain out of it. Yeah. I, I didn't. I, I didn't want to be more educated. I didn't want to be richer. Yep. I didn't. I just wanted to have fun. And I forget that I started to have fun. And then sometimes I. Forget to ask the question: Am I even having fun doing it?
0: Well, it's important to ask that question because you need to know that it's okay to stop some things. Yeah. The third question is: What's at risk if you fail, and is that acceptable to you? Hmm. You know, uh, if if I fail at uh, at dancing, is that acceptable to me? Well, it is if if it causes Anna to not want to go. But I know that's never going to happen. So you know, I'm I'm in it for the long <laughs> haul. Um, how much time will you devote to it? You know, and that's a, always a trade off. You know, you have to say. Well, if I'm going to start reading and reading widely and I'm going to start learning something, how much time do I want to devote to that? Fifteen minutes a day, a half an hour a day? And then what is it that you're willing to give up to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, most of us can give up a half an hour of something in order to get some more reading in. Right. You know, usually we'll all have that. And then what does it cost? Here's a key one that I've learned in my life. What does it cost others if you were to start it? And is that cost acceptable to them?
1: I feel like you're about to tell us a story. No, I'm not, because we're out of wife. time. I mean, this is, a whole,
0: <laughs> this is a whole bunch of episodes right here of uh, beginning ventures that cost my wife more than she was willing to pay. But I think it's true for anything. And when we say, hey, I'm going to go take this night class, you know, do you have the support that you need yeah. from those who might have to carry more burden because you're doing that? Right, you know? yeah. So it's a great question to, to keep in mind. So that's, I think that wraps up our segment. Do you have anything else?
1: No. I, I, I Just just reminding everyone again, I know that was a lot of questions we just threw at you, but it will be on our uh, the show notes, so you can just download them, print them off, and use it for yourself.
0: Right on, right on. Well, uh, this uh, coming Friday is Dream Intensive here in Minneapolis, so I want to just remind you of that. And then uh, Denver mini, on March 14th and 15th, mm-hmm. and you can find out more at dreamintensive.com. But I tell you, if you are feeling right now that maybe God has something new in store for you, or you just want to try to get a better handle on the dream that you have, you're just not able to get it underway, this is a deep dive and just a terrific experience to to get together with other Christians who are also contemplating the same thing for their own life. And we're, we're exploring that question together and we're moving ahead with it. So dreamintensive.com for for more information about that.
1: Yeah, and if you're only thinking about surviving right now instead of dreaming about your future, I can't recommend this enough. <laughs> right
0: on. Well, uh, our next episode, we hope you can be with us next time because we're going to take this uh, idea of being an intentional beginner uh, to another level. We're going to talk about how you become an intentional apprentice, how you can find the the mentors and the mentor relationships that might move you forward in whatever it is that you're uh, learning about. Uh, As always, we hope that you uh, engage with us. Leave a question or comment on Reinventure.me or join our discussion on Facebook at Facebook.com Reinventure.me. Well, this is Larry Gates and... Armin Asadi. And we're just wishing you well this week, and we hope uh, to see you next time. Never stop becoming what you should be. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Amina